Hi, my name is Laura, and this is the Average Joe Talk Show. I'm here with Laura O'Neill, the humorist. Usually, yes. (laughs) One hopes. One hopes. (laughs) We're here celebrating her, shall I say it? You say it. Her 60th birthday. Yes, because if I say it, I throw up in my mouth. So, (laughs) you say it. <laughs> and we're here at um, I call it Levi's place, but it's the it's the Angelus Brewing Tap Room. Ah, in Port Angeles. Yeah, right here in Port Angeles. And we're here with Lamar <laughs> and Sasha <laughs> and Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Laura, tell us, where were you born? Where, like... Yes, I was born in uh, Dallas, Texas. And, yeah, (laughs) Laura's like, oh, wow. That's explained so much. (laughs) We can... We're done with the podcast. Thank you, Laura, for joining us today. And (laughs) How long did you live there? Well, I lived there till I was nine. And then... Well, no, actually, I guess I was probably ten. And then we moved to Vermont. And then we moved to Montana. Then we moved to Minnesota. And then I moved to Washington, and then I moved back down to Texas. I'm telling you, and now I'm back here in Washington. So, how do you think Texas influenced your personality? Do you think it influenced you at all? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going to go with yes. I think my childhood probably influenced me even more than just being in Texas. But yes, it it absolutely did influence me. Well, I think... It made me, I'm a pretty straight talker, a pretty straight shooter. Yeah. And um, I think. How did you learn that growing up? Like what, who, like what people do you remember being like that? um, I think I remember a lot of people not being like that. And I probably thought this is kind of bullshit. Can we swear on this? Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, And so I think I thought, I think I thought, um, I really, really value honesty. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you can be honest or you can be kind. Yeah. And you really can be both. Yeah. If you care enough, you can be both. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where it developed. Yeah. I, wa- I wanted initially to be, I don't know why we're going into all this. Is or, Am I going to keep talking now? Yes. Um, I wanted to be, well, uh, I wanted to be a hostage negotiator. Oh, my God. Do you know about Chris Voss? I love Chris Voss. Chris Voss is the man. Oh. He's the man. He I love is. his book. Yeah. You know Chris Voss? <clears throat> oh my God. Oh Lamar, brilliant. you would love him. You would love him. Um, okay. What, did, what would you say is the most important thing you learned from Chris Voss? Mm. You're a negotiator too. You're. A- I am. Well, I'm a mediator, and I'm a negotiator, and so um, I. Well, I think the the number one thing that impressed me the most about the book is that I I felt like I'm doing some things right. And that was a really wonderful appreciation. But I think the fact that there are so many skills in that book that he then tells how he used that skill in a story format, it it made all the difference in the world. It was fantastic for me to see how I can use that skill, whatever the skill was. So if you're dealing with a very, very difficult person, someone who's got their defenses like way up, Mm -hmm. what what do you do at first? How do you deal with them? Are you talking about in a negotiation or mediation? Yeah. Uh, a negotiation? Well, I think there has to be some connection. Yeah. You know, in 2020, everybody wants connection. So just think about that. Everybody yeah. wants to feel a connection. And people who have a wall up, 
probably have been hurt. And yeah. so their their ability to connect is pretty limited. Yeah. And so you have to build a connection before you do anything else. And that means even trying to get your way or trying to find out what it is that they need or want, you just have to find out if they're even willing to have that conversation by, by some kind of a connection. Yeah. And I do that a lot with asking questions. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you reach that point where you have some kind of a connection that you can actually start like working towards something? Yeah. Like, how do you know? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I while I, I never became a hostage negotiator because, frankly, I'm too much of a weenie, um, you know, you have to be able to do a case. And then I, I did some hostage negotiation training. And you have to be able to walk away. You have to be able to go, oh, okay, honey, what are we having for dinner tonight? And I don't think that I have the personality that could do that if, if I'd seen a really negative situation right. somebody is died or maybe almost died or or if the if the hostage negotiation is still going on yeah. and I it's my shift if you want to call it a shift is yeah. over wow. I wouldn't be able to shut it off yeah. and so it, it wasn't for me that's why I moved to mediation because it's a lot like um, one of the things I say on my website is um, I help people who are holding themselves hostage so, you know, that's where I'm going from. So, if, so I think there have to be agreements, uh, you know, and so if there's a connection and there's, then you can have some agreements about do how, do, agreement? well, how, do, how do you want this to go today? Um, you know, what, what, what feels comfortable to you? Um, you know, do you prefer to talk a lot right now? Um, or, or is 15 minutes better for you? Yeah. Do you want to talk more tomorrow? Or, or, do you like the morning talk or are you a better evening like person? them set the pace. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, but it depends on what, I mean, if I'm doing a business negotiation, that's a different story. But if I'm trying to help with somebody, if I'm a coach, because I'm a coach, if I'm helping somebody in a coaching situation, then, then it's got to be their pace. I'm, I'm going to be in charge of the process. They're in charge of the data. So how did you develop this skill on your own, like through life? Like, why are you interested in this? Um... Well, I think from childhood, I mean, there were some pretty negative things that happened to me. And so I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to help myself. And that's what a lot of people do. When they want to help other people, they're looking somehow in the background for a way to help themselves. And so this was a way for me to help myself. And communication is extremely important to me. Words, every word matters. And so that's really important to me to to be able to... um, Communicate, and that was also something lacking in my childhood. And so, for me, I think it's a great way to, to be able to help yourself and other people. So, when did that light bulb go off? And you were like, I want to like get better at this. Let me just say, first of all, you are amazing at this. You just keep coming up with these questions. <laughs> I mean, you are like one after the other after the other. Um, so, when when did the light bulb go off? Well. Again, I think when I decided I want to be a hostage negotiator because I want to help people. But then when I realized I can't do that, I mean, it's it's just not in my wheelhouse. Did you get the idea, like you were watching a show or something, you're like, I want to be a hostage negotiator? Like, how did you? Mm, That's a great question. Um, And I don't really have an answer to it. I don't know why I wanted to be. I I think I probably did see a show or something. But it it just, um, but from a very young age, I knew, um, yeah, I want to. I want to help people. I mean, I 
I had some pretty negative things growing up. I mean, in some ways, I was a hostage. Yeah. And um, it just it just was all, I think, from the very beginning, I knew I wanted to help people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say Lamar was a hostage. <clears throat> okay, Lamar's a hostage. Lamar's a hostage, and Jennifer... I don't think Lamar would be, be smiling Jennifer. that much, but yeah, Jennifer, and then Jennifer... Jennifer is holding him hostage. Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you What would you say? Well, let's be clear. I'm not a hostage negotiator. So, but let's say that let's say that um, Jennifer and him and and Lamar were in a mediation situation. Yes. Yeah. And so it would depend on what the it would depend on what the the what was going on. It would depend on what the mediation is. And see, and Lamar would have to really be engaged. Lamar would have to decide that he wanted to stay engaged in the process. They would have to both have some ground rules about what was going to happen. Let's say they're husband and wife. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they're having, they're on the verge of divorce. Okay. You have people come to you like for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And let's say, let's say Jennifer is initiating it. Mm-hmm. Yep. She wants out. Yeah. Or does she want in? We don't know. We're not sure. Okay. She's the one that contacted you about. Okay, good. So he's kind of dragging his heels. Mm-hmm. But he is here. So the so the process would be that she would contact me and we would have a conversation about what are the ground rules, what does it look like, what is mediation anyway, what is how can that help? Um, what does she want to get out of mediation? And sometimes people want to get like if she came and she said, you know, I'm losing my husband. I love him. I don't want him to leave me. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And she says, I want to put this back together. Yeah. That's a great goal. Um, mediation may not be the best thing for that because there there are no guarantees, and we haven't heard Lamar's side yet, and so we don't know really what's going on there, and so. She has to be able to have some movement. And so what I would say to her is, let's say, so I would say, Jennifer, if, let's say that we can't, let's say that Lamar says, I don't want to be with you. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Um, you know, how is that going to feel for you? What's it going to look like? So we have to do some reality checking. And if, and, and she, because she has to have at least another place to go. Right. Because we call it a fixed position. If she comes in and she says, the only thing I'm willing to get is for Lamar to come back to me and totally love me. Yeah. That may or may not be realistic. So. Right. So plan B. What's your plan B or C or D? What else, what else would be helpful? If you had that, then you would be able to proceed. Yeah. And then I would call Lamar and I'd say, hey, Lamar, Jennifer has asked for us to go to mediation. Um, I'm very confidential, so I don't tell Lamar what she said. I don't tell her what Lamar says, but um, unless I ask her. And like I'll say to her, if, of course, if they're living together, that's a different story because they're talking to each other all the time. That He probably already knows I'm going to call, those kind of things. But if it's, a, if it's a neighbor situation or whatever, you know, then they may not know. So we just have a quick conversation about what the rules are. Uh, what he hopes to get out of mediation um, and if I can see that there's some room then let's let's bring them together and let's at least have the initial conversation how would you find out if there was room with Lamar how would you I would ask him the same so so what do you want to get out of this and he says um, I just absolutely need to get out of this relationship for whatever reason and I say so what are what are some other what are some other things that, that might possibly happen like, 
you know, what are you going to do if she absolutely says, I do not want out of this relationship? What would that look like to you? How's that going to work? And so really what I'm, what I'm thinking of at that point when I've listened to both sides is how can I help them transition out of this relationship? And if they have children, then it's even how can I help them transition out of this relationship and still be able to co-parent? So how can they change their relationship from what it is now right. to what is healthy for the children. Right. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I think that's like, those are skills that a lot of people have no idea what to do when mm-hmm. it gets to that. Well, and, and really none of us do when we're in the middle of it, when we're in the middle of all this emotion, then it's very difficult to see. I mean, I've had that experience where I didn't go to a, a, a mediator, but I went to a mediation friend. And I said, help me walk through this because I'm really emotional and I can't seem to work through it. And so then it's it's great. It's The great thing about mediators, if they're good, <laughs> um, and there are some out there that are that still maybe, let's say, they need more training, um, is they're really astute listeners. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So who are some of your, like, role models? Who has inspired you? I know Chris Voss. You Chris Voss. Um, Ken Cloak is is probably the number one. Um, he has written many, many books, and um, it's Ken C L O K E, and he's he's written. Uh, he's been a mediator for um, geez, fifty years, maybe. And uh, he's my mentor, and he is outrageously good. And he, he's, he's able to kind of go into the emotion, which is what I love. There are a lot of mediators who, they, they want to get a solution, but they don't always know to get a resolution. How do, we res- how do we fully resolve this so that maybe even people walk away shaking hands? That's what you really want because that's where the resolve is. Because without that, people walk away and they still have it in the back of their mind and it's eating up their energy. It's eating up their creativity. Whereas if they can get actual resolution, then they're free to do whatever else they need to do in their life. How does he get into the emotion in order to get to the resolution? Um, well, it, you just have to have a good mediator, <laughs> you know, to help just to, to ask the right questions that, that help and, and have the patience and can listen um, to what what's really bothering people. I mean, mediation, um, I teach this class, is a 40-hour class. And after you've taken the class, then you what, what you do is you go into practicum. And so you practice for about a year before you have your own cases. Now, during that time, you might mediate with another experienced mediator, but um, yeah, it's just a a matter of practicing. Okay, so not to get political, but Mm -hmm. what would you do if you were confronted with someone like Trump, that personality? Like, how would you deal with that kind of a personality in a mediation situation? Well, I think... I think, um, like let's say you were his, like, um, well, let me bring up the debate. Um, one of the problems with that, with that, uh, moderator is that he allowed it to go on. And in a mediation, you, you call it, you know, and you can be really respectful and you can be very kind, but, but I would stop somebody. I might stop Lamar and say, Lamar. You know, you agreed before we ever got here that we were going to do A, B, and C. Yeah. You were going to have respectful tone. You were going to have respectful words. Yeah. Right? Um, you weren't going to slam your hands down. You weren't going to roll your eyes. Yeah. And so I'm going to stop you because you just were rolling your eyes. Yeah. 
and usually Lamar is going to go, oh God, I know, I'm so sorry, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to do it, I didn't mean I'm just so triggered, or whatever they say, right? And so, so it would have been great if the moderator had said, Mr. Trump, yeah. President Trump, yeah. um, we had agreements, yeah. and if you cannot follow them, we have to call this debate, yes. and then just shut up and let the let, let the silence do the heavy lifting. And just let, and then, and then call it. So what do you mean, I'm in charge. Like, I'm in him, like if he just kept rattling on without. I would say, well, then I would call the mediation, or I would call. I would have called that debate. I would have said, Mr. Trump, you're not able to follow these directions, um, and so, or whoever it would be that was not following the directions, and say, you know, um, you're not. It appears you're not able to follow the directions, um, and so we're gonna, we're not gonna have this debate anymore. Yeah. Period. I mean, you, you know, you. You agreed to these rules, and frankly, the DNC and the RNC together created the rules that yeah. you were both going to follow. And either because of your um, whatever the reason is, you're not able to do this. Yeah. And so, if Lamar continued to beat the table, yeah. or Sally continued to scream, or Jennifer continued to scream, <laughs> well, then, and then I just have to say. You know, it feels like this is not the right time for this. Yeah. Because they have to have a modicum of self-control, whether they're the president or in a mediation. And I'm in, as I said before, I'm in charge of the process. They're in charge of the content. And that's okay, so my question to you is, now let's say it's you. Let's say you're dealing with someone who's out of control with you. Uh, with me? Okay. What do you do with them? Like, let's say someone just starts blowing I, up at you. I match, I match their state. And so I had this happen once. Um, myself and a co-mediator and we sit at the if you can imagine we sit at if you have like a long conference table we sit at the end of the conference table together and the parties sit on either side I don't know if that's visually if you can yeah. see that but um, and one of the parties actually kind of came at my co-mediator and I guess because I've been doing this so long and I'm uh, and I teach this I always feel like I'm the lead in the in the room, and that's yeah. not always true. But I have that sense I'm very protective. Yeah. And she kind of came over the table yeah. at my co-mediator, and I stood up and I blocked. Wow. And I said, "We're done now." Yeah. Because there's no second chance on that. Yeah. When you're physical like that, you yeah. don't. We don't get a second chance. At least this time. Yeah. Now we can do what we call a shuttle mediation if we need to have them both in separate rooms. Um, but. Um, but when they come at a mediator, they they need a different mediator, or they need a different process. And arbitration is another process that might work really well for somebody like that. Let's say you were in the grocery store. Okay. Someone just started like arguing with you, or like let's say you're wearing like a Biden button and they uh -huh. just start yelling at you. Uh huh. What would you do? Well, you know, part of me wants to do humor and say, well, honey, clearly you didn't get breastfed long enough, and I'm sorry for you about that. And so, you know, and, and let's go get you an ice cream because your blood sugar's too low. I mean, whatever, I don't know. But it wouldn't, I don't think I would get too riled by it. I mean, yeah. people, people are so triggered right now. Yeah. And, and I get it. I mean, I'm triggered too uh, on certain issues. And so... But I have enough self-esteem and enough self-control um, to not blast somebody. And so what do you do when you feel like your blood is starting to boil? I walk, I walk away. Yeah. Yeah, I walk away. I have a black belt in tongue. 
I mean, I can I can hurt people with my tongue if yeah. I want to. You know, I mean, I can really let you have it. <laughs> and and I would just as soon not rip you to shreds so that you're laying in a corner crying because of what you've just heard. And so I just have to walk away. I mean, I just I have to because. And I don't always want to walk away. I want to go, you know, I want to be really indignant and you want to do that. You know, I want to do that too, but it doesn't, it doesn't help. It does not, especially in this climate right now, 90% of the people, and I'm pulling that number out of thin air. So let's say to be more fair, let's say 75% of people um, are not going to change their mind. They know which way they're going to vote. They know what they're going to wear a mask or not wear a mask. They're going to know if they're going to distance or not distance. They're, you know, people are going to do what they do, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change that. Yeah. So if it was someone like, let's say, it was a partner, like you're, you have, to, you're living with them, like, but they've gotten you that mad, so you like leave the situation. Then oh, my partner's gotten that mad. Got me that mad. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, how would you resolve it later? Or how would you, what it just depends? Well, I, you know, um, I'm still thinking about that because I want to have a partner. So I'm thinking, Let's, where, where's that guy at? I want to talk about that. Um, but, um, and I do know that people get that mad at each other who live in a house. I think you do walk, I think you still walk away because you don't want to say something you can't take back. And, and there are things that you... You know, like somebody could say, you know, you're, you know, you've always been this stupid. Yeah. Or, you know, I can't, I don't know what they would say. I don't know. But I, I don't really like name calling. And so to not resort to that, I think I'd walk away. But then you come back later. But you can do this at work. Yeah. You can do it anywhere. You come back later and say, hey, Laura, Laura, I know that um, we had a, we had a misunderstanding before or I got really heated. You yeah. know, use an I statement. I got really upset before. Yeah. And I think it, you know, now that I'm a little bit calmer, I'd like to have a conversation about that. Yeah. Are you open to that? Yeah. And I think what happens is people, they don't bring it back. They don't, they don't bring it back. They just pretend like it never happened. that's the problem. And that is the problem. I agree. Stuff gets shoved under the rug. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you're never, then you never (laughs) actually get resolved. No. You never get resolved. It just keeps building up and, yeah, resentment. Yeah. Good. You are a woman of much wisdom. Well, you're kind to say so. Thank you. <laughs> How long do these things normally go? Just oh. as long as we want. Okay, good. So, um, last question. Um, what makes you really, really happy right now in your life? What makes you the happiest um, each day? Where's oh, your happy each place? day. Well, my happy place is kind of Netflix right now, I'm sure, like a lot of people's. <laughs> Where, where I just watched I just watched Lucifer, which was a blast. I don't know if you've oh, seen it, but that's really fun. And the guy is really hot. So, and some of the girls are really hot too, by the way. Um, but um, I'm writing a book, and I'm trying to write more often. And so it's on uh, resolving internal conflict. Good. Yeah. Very so good. Um, that's a happy place. And this, my daughter, is my happy place. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very, very much. You were very, very interesting. And um, we are going to, you know, do you want to include any of your, like, if people want to contact you, like, as a... Sure. Uh, well, yeah, great. So uh, my website is laurajoneal.com. So laurajoneal.com. Good. 
and my email is the same, laurajoneal at gmail.com. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this was spontaneous and super fun. Thank you, Laura. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yay. <laughs>